For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Happy Friday, football fans, and welcome into another edition of of the Chase Podcast. I'm Isaac Sines, and I thank you for joining me. In today's episode, NFL defensive tackle Jarrell Worthy joins me to preview Sunday's slate of games. The Steelers are 1-4 in their last five games played in Baltimore, and will be looking to turn the tide when they face their bitter rivals for the second time this season. Head coach Mike Tomlin understands the challenge of facing the Ravens' top-ranked defense, and noted their ability to get after the passer. The pressure that they put on the quarterback is is a signature of their play. I think they got 27 sacks or so. Um, his Suggs and company, they do it the way that they do it. They get after your quarterback. The Saints and Rams will battle for first place in the NFC in a game that could have major playoff implications down the road. While the Rams' defense has dominated headlines for much of the season, Saints defensive tackle Sheldon Rankin says their unit is poised to earn their share of credit on Sunday. And then they're definitely going into this game, you know, obviously we know, you know, we've heard all the talk about, you know, the Rams defense and, you know, what they're, what they're able to do on that side, on, on that side of the ball. But um, we feel we're, you know, just as a talented group as they are. And uh, we, look, we look forward to the challenge of, of, of being able to come in and, and not only compete, but, but, but try to dominate this game. The Patriots will host the Packers in prime time for a much-anticipated matchup between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. While Green Bay enters play at 500, Bill Belichick knows better than to take them lightly. Belichick says the Packers are difficult to game plan for because they can attack in many ways. It's going to take great team defense to, to stop the Packers. It's... Uh... Obviously, he's great, and he does everything well. Uh, but they have a lot of other weapons. They have good receivers, good tight ends, good backs, good offensive line. They have a very good coach. Uh, they have a good scheme. Uh, so with Coach McCarthy, Coach Philbin, Aaron Rodgers, and their players, I mean, they're just they're hard to stop, period. I will discuss all that and more coming up in the latest episode of the Chase Podcast. Everybody, it is November 2nd here on the Chase Podcast. Isaac Signs and joining me for today's episode is Jarrell Worthy. Worthy is a NFL defensive tackle that spent some time with the Patriots, Chiefs, the Packers, and most recently the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, first things first, Jarrell, thanks for taking the time to join me. And how you doing today? Man, doing pretty good. Uh, just finished up a nice workout in the gym. 
I'm just excited about being on the podcast today and talking some things out. What I wanted to do was talk about a recap Thursday night's game between the Niners and the Raiders really quick. I mean, this one this one didn't really have much appeal because of the both teams really not in uh, winning modes. But, man, Jarrell, I got to ask you, man, seeing this Oakland team, they got pounded 34-3 to by a quarterback named Nick Mullins, undrafted, out of Southern Miss in 2017. I don't know if you were able to watch any of the game, but even if you didn't, what do you think this means for John Gruden's early tenure in Oakland? Uh, it's, uh, it's kind of a shame to see, uh, just because, um, the Oakland Raiders that I know haven't played against them the last, uh, three or four years of my career, they, they, um, when right, they have a ton of talent on the team, uh, a ton of leadership, a ton of guys that have played and, and won a lot of football games. So it's really a shame to see how, uh, their season has taken place, uh, this year. Um, it just kind of seems that the, that the locker room is kind of, uh, just a little distant from the coaching staff and the vision that they have for the team. Um, sometimes, you know, with new regimes, they always want to come in and, and change a few things up. And, you know, John Gruden's a hard-nosed guy and comes from the old school. So some uh, some uh, attitudes and new generations don't always uh, mesh together. Um, but hopefully they can right the ship, man, because there's a lot of good talent out there and a lot of good players. You know, they, they made that big trade with Khalil Mack, sent him to Chicago, and that really – sent shockwaves through the NFL. And then on top of that, Amari Cooper gets traded to the Dallas Cowboys for a first-round pick. This is a Raiders team that's clearly looking to rebuild. They have five first-round picks over the next two years. So you know that John Gruden is clearly taking a new direction. And now, of course, Jarrell, I mean, as we talk about a lot in the NFL, we can kind of use the Browns as an example. I mean, just because a team has a buttload of draft picks doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to immediate success because a lot of it has to do with the talent evaluators. I'm certainly confused, man, because if you look back at this team, as you just talked about, they had a lot of talent there. And when Jack Del Rio was there, this was a team that was 12-4. and Of course, Derek Carr went down with that back injury and they lost in the playoffs. But I just feel like there is no need to tear down something that was already on the rise. You know what I mean? And so that's why I'm a little confused about what Gruden is doing in Oakland. But it certainly is head-scratching considering how big of a whooping they took in the Battle of the Bay last night. Yeah, I mean, I I think personally it's just a difference in culture um, between the coaching staff and the players. Um, I think Jack, Jack Del Rio kind of understood that, you know, he's got some players uh, with some issues um, as far as on and off the field. But um, if you can get them to buy in when they're at work, um, get them to buy in um, to the scheme and uh, be effective on Sundays, um, then it can work for you. Um, you know, some guys, uh, they have issues, but they don't need to be micromanaged. Um, I think they just needed to be guided the right way in order to get the best out of them um, on and off the field. Um, and I think, you know, it just takes a coach to understand uh, the players a little bit. Um, I think heading into the season, everyone, everybody thought that the, the Raiders were going to pick up where they left off and uh, be successful. Um, you know, having a good, uh, good coach like John Gruden, that's offensive-minded coach, and then uh, putting him with Derek Carr and uh, the ability to uh, stretch the field um, with him uh, and his abilities is – it, you, everybody thought it was going to work out fine, um, but it's just all about how guys get along with each other. Um, being in Buffalo, man, we had a ton of talent, um, and I missed a lot, I miss a lot of those guys uh, to this day. Um, but when Coach uh, McDermott came on to came on to the team and he tried to change the culture and, and the uh, the mindset that we had around the uh, facility each and every day, um, and so he got he he moved on from a lot of guys that uh, that had a lot of talent, um, but in there in the in the in the eyes of guys upstairs. Um, just stand by into what we were trying to do as far as a new culture. And um, if you get it, if you get a team that can, you know, uh, respond to that, that type of change, um, you can have su- some success. Uh, we, we were able to make it to the playoffs last year and, uh, and, and have some success. Um, you know, obviously this year is a little different with the bills, but um, that one magical year last year was, uh, was, uh, was dedicated to the guys buying into the, uh, to the change. 
my question off that, you know, the, the information you just provided. So you talked about the Buffalo Bills, Sean McDermott, and I just had Ryan Lewis on. I don't know if you, you've, I'm sure, mm-hmm. uh, for an interview last weekend. And he kind of talked uh, about the same, about how Coach McDermott is just uh, such a player's coach. He's developing a new culture. And so you can tell that what he's doing in Buffalo, he's trying to get younger players because he's got a lot of first and second year players there but it looks like Gruden in Oakland as soon as he took over he started compiling veteran players I mean he went out and signed Derek Johnson Leon Hall got rid of some of the younger players so I guess you know it it really varies and and you talked about how John Gruden's an old school guy coming in with maybe some older regimes of of coaching and different styles so there's been a lot of reports out there about tension in the Oakland Raiders locker room about John Gruden how he's handling these trades but he's still got nine years 90 million dollars left on this contract that he signed so I'm gonna be interested to see how this plays out especially as they move to Vegas and they move into that huge stadium and try to establish a new fan base um I mean, me personally, I think something's got to change before then. Um, I really feel disappointed in the fans of Oakland, for the fans of Oakland, um, just having to be there for their last year or so and having to deal with that as a fan base. Um, you know, they're very prideful fans and, uh, you know, they take they take a, a lot of pride in, in the product that they that they put out on the field uh, on Sunday. So um, I definitely feel bad for them and, and what they have to go through, uh, seeing that the, the Warriors will be moving across town to San Francisco as well as. Um, Oakland moving, um, as well as the Raiders moving over to Vegas. So uh, it's definitely uh, hard for them. But, you know, hopefully uh, some things can change, man. I mean, you know, just like how uh, Garoppolo came in for San Fran last year, hopefully something can change for the team and and uh, they can start to win some games down the stretch and uh, and have some success going into next year. Um, at least finish it out on the, on the right note. Yeah, that's for sure. And so that'll be an interesting development to keep an eye on. But now we'll move to three big matchups that I wanted to, to break down with you, Jarrell. And the first one being coming in the AFC North. This is a bitter rivalry. We all know it. The 4-2-1 and one Pittsburgh Steelers against the 4-4 four and four Baltimore Ravens. Now the Steelers, they're on a three-game win streak. So they've been able to catch their rhythm a little bit after a rough start. You got James Conner playing at a high level, was just named the AFC Offensive Player of the Month. And the Ravens, they're coming off a a stretch where they've lost three of their last four games and really have have kind of fallen out on offense. Joe Flacco is looking strong a little bit, but have struggled to really put together sustainable drives recently. So when you look at this matchup and the bitter rival that it is, what are some some key storylines and some things that as fans we should be looking at in this matchup? Um, I mean, I always, you know, from my perspective, I always like to start with the interior. Uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line uh, versus the uh, Baltimore Ravens offensive line. Uh, Marshall Yonder, pro bowler over there, Baltimore, um, known for being uh, tough and gritty. And those guys are known for running the ball effectively. And uh, when they can't run the football effectively, uh, then it hurts Joe Flacco a lot um, because of the simple fact Joe's not really mobile back there. He's not going to, you know, pump fake you and do a lot of other different things to uh, to get wide receivers open. Um, they have to have a, a pivotal run game. It's got to be important to their offense, and it's got to be important to, um, to them staying ahead of the chains. Um, their defense is really good. They're going to take their shots at the at the Steelers, um, but that offense attack is 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 bound to make some um, to have some success and and to score some points. So, um, if the offensive line of the Baltimore Ravens can get some things going against uh, Pittsburgh and their defensive line and their front seven, uh, then it can help Joe Flacco out a lot in the in the play action pass and getting the ball down the field and um, and having some success there. So, uh, if they can do that, um, you know, get Brown get Brown and those guys open downfield, then then they'll be good to go. And right off uh, that point, one of the things that I'm also looking at, this was kind of a more of a broader perspective, but the Steelers entering Sunday's game, they rank fourth in total offense. The Ravens, number one in yards allowed. Right now they're just allowing 14.4 points per game, 280 yards per game. And now one of the things that I look at is 
James Conner and the way this Steelers team has been able to get things going on the ground. Conner, he's gone for over 100 yards the last three weeks during their win streak. And so Mm -hmm. last time these two teams played, Baltimore and this front seven of Chris Wormley, Brandon Williams, Brent Urban, they're able to win the battle at the line of scrimmage against Marquise Pouncey, DeCastro, and Ramon Foster, and they bottled Connor up for just 19 yards on nine carries. And so, you know, that's something that Baltimore and Don Martindale, their defensive coordinator, they're going to look to really capitalize and make Big Ben one-dimensional. And as a player, Jarrell, you played Big Ben, so you know what this guy is capable of. Uh, it is really difficult. Um, I, I think um, for Baltimore, their scheme fits well uh, going up against what Pittsburgh wants to do. Uh, Baltimore has uh, some big stout defense alignment up front. They can two gap and uh, and take away uh, blocks for a lot of the linebackers. So it allows those guys to play free and a lot of those guys like CJ Mosley and those uh, and the rest of those guys to come downhill, play fast, play free. Um, then you have Suggs on outside uh, operating the pass rush games and uh, and being able to to be effective. Um, I think stopping Big Ben, you got to keep uh, everybody in front of you. You can't open up uh, pass rush lanes and the B gaps. Um, so defensive ends can't get upfield and uh, and defensive tackles can't get washed by. Um, Big Ben has a lot of success when he can step up in the pocket through the B gaps in order to either make a play with his feet or to uh, bomb it downfield. Um, so as long as you can keep Big Ben in front of you. Uh, to where he has to throw from inside of a well, then uh, you can have some success. Um, a lot of tip passes uh, and a lot of guys being able to uh, to to affect him um, around his feet. So um, Baltimore is built for this. Uh, they're built for this for this matchup. They're built they're built for this success. And uh, I think that they'll definitely do great against their offense. Um, as I said before, man, it's all about what Baltimore's offensive line wants to do. Um, with coming uh, when they come to this game, uh, if, they, if their offensive line doesn't come to play, and Pittsburgh is able to dominate them up front, they don't have enough offensively to go uh, to go score for score with uh, Pittsburgh. T.J. Watt has been an incredible player for Pittsburgh. He's coming off to another strong start here in the first half. This guy has had multiple games where he's had uh, more than two sacks. This guy comes off the edge, and so this matchup against these Baltimore offensive tackles is going to be really big because if he can get pressure, Joe Flacco obviously does not have the mobility, as you had kind of just talked a little bit about. But I think when it comes to the to the grand scheme of things in this matchup, I'm going to give it to Baltimore. I think they're going to be at home. They've already knocked off Pittsburgh on the road, and I think the urgency is even higher there for Baltimore, knowing that They basically had this division at the beginning of the season because Pittsburgh really stumbled out of the gates and and Baltimore took full advantage of that. But since this little streak of poor play has come in, I don't think there's a a better opponent for a team like Baltimore to get back on track and get back in the win column. I think this is kind of a a field goal fest, so to speak, you know, a big defensive battle. But I give it to Baltimore – by a score of 29-22 with Alex Collins and, and Javorius Allen able to generate a nice little one-two punch against Pittsburgh? Ah, well, see, me personally, I think it'll be um, a little bit of a uh, closer game than that. I'm going to go with uh, 24-18 Pittsburgh. Um, I know that I know that Tucker is great at home. I know that de- their defense is going to be great at home. Um, I just think that... Uh, Pittsburgh will be able to force uh, a couple turnovers with um, off Joe Flacco and uh, be able to have some success and turn them into some early scores. So uh, if if Baltimore comes to play, like I said, man, and they can limit their turnovers, then they'll be just fine. And before we move on to the next game, Jarrell, since uh, we're on the topic of the Pittsburgh Steelers and you're a Michigan State Spartan and your teammate uh, Le'Veon Bell, yeah. man, Give me your thoughts on this. What's going on there? What do you think is going to happen with Le'Veon Bell? Obviously, this guy's a workhorse, the best running back in the league when he's playing, man. I don't think there's anything that can go against that, what he can do in the run and the pass game. He wanted his money. He didn't get it from Pittsburgh ahead of July's deadline, and so they placed the franchise tag on him for a second straight year. And now he's kind of just been a no-show week in and week out, hasn't reported to the team what are your thoughts on him, and what kind of uh, person is Le'Veon Bell, and 
I know he's painted in a dark picture by a lot of people, but can you give a little more insight about him and the type of player that he wants and is striving to be? Uh, well, he's a great, uh, first and foremost, he's a great athlete. Um, he's also a great person. I think um, a lot of people kind of get some things confused um, when athletes are out here trying to uh, fight for uh, every bit of change that they can get. Um, you know, what a lot of people don't understand is uh, he touches the ball 400 times a year. Um, that's 400 different opportunities where he can uh, have a serious injury, um, life, uh, lifetime, long-term um, injuries. Um, that's 400 chances where he can sustain a concussion, uh, ACL, broken ankle. Um, with everybody, uh, especially with how fast and aggressive defensives play, um, he's taking all the shots. Um, you know, he's their safety blanket when it comes to Pittsburgh. Uh, everyone's cheering on Connor. Uh, but, you know, if Connor continues to have the same successes as Le'Veon did, then, you know, Connor end up in the same position as Le'Veon, um, fighting for, uh, for his dollars and fighting for the opportunity to get paid. Um, you know, a lot of people don't understand, man. I mean, this is only a very short window for us. And uh, we have to take every advantage and every opportunity uh, while we can to be able to cash in financially, uh, to be able to support our families uh, long term. Um, Le'Veon's a great person, great human being. Everyone would love to have him as a teammate. Um, I think the offensive line is a little bit uh, there. They were a little bit hurt um, just knowing the type of person that Le'Veon is, um, knowing how hard he goes for his team and his teammates and. I think, you know, they kind of just thought off, off good faith that he would be able to walk through those doors. But when it comes to business, um, you got to be able to lock in and, and, and focus on the things that are important. Um, a person that touches the football that many times wants to feel valued. Uh, they want to feel uh, that they're important to the organization and they want to feel that all the success that they're having, they're having a good percentage in it because he does. Um, when the Pittsburgh Steelers need a play, they go to Le'Veon Bell. Um, you know, they wouldn't be... Uh, four, two, and one at this point in time of the season um, with their star athlete. Uh, if they have all their pieces working, then they're um, easily top three uh, uh, best teams in NFL. So uh, when it all comes to be, when it's all said and done, I hope everybody can 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 understand that uh, it's about business um, and it's about setting yourself up for the future. Uh, Le'Veon can sign a contract and come out the very first play and get hurt. And then, you know, at the end of the day, if he comes out there and just signs a franchise tag, they're only guaranteeing him to pay him for that one year. He goes out there and gets hurt. There's no guarantee that he has uh, some longevity when it comes to a contract after that. So people have to understand that you have to do things uh, systematically. You have to do things legitimately in the, in the right in the right sense uh, for you as a player and as also a professional athlete. So um, hopefully guys could kind of warm up to the idea, but um, I mean, I definitely think he'll be back before the week 10, um, the unrestricted uh, or the restricted uh, free agent uh, situation goes on there. Um, I definitely think he'll be back before then. Um, you know, if he comes back and plays and he's balling, I, I don't see why the Steelers wouldn't love to have him. Um, he's a player that's going to help them win. And the story is going to, is, is going to change uh, if he comes back at a later point in time and, 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 can, and starts to help them dominate, not just win, but dominate. Yeah, and I think you make a valid point because, you know, everybody's hung up on, oh, Le'Veon Bell, he's not a, uh, reporting to the team yet again and this and that. But that. if he does come back, Jarrell, I mean, this is a fresh Le'Veon Bell. This is a, a player that hasn't even played a down up to this point in the season. And to yes. get him back for that last stretch of the season, it could really be a huge boost to a Pittsburgh offense because now you're going to run him into the playoffs and he's going to have plenty of tread on his wheels considering that he didn't play yes. the first nine weeks. So I think that's yes. a big factor. Yes, I mean, I, I definitely think it was great. Um, I mean, you know, I think the, the Steelers, they just have a lot of pride. Um, when you have those organizations, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, New England, uh, Green Bay, um, that are very prideful organizations, um, over the longevity of success that they've had, uh, then sometimes, you know, you, you, it's hard being the, the, uh, the foreseeable bad guy when it comes to going toe to toe with them. Um, but at the same time, man, you want to feel appreciated, just like the guys upstairs want to feel appreciated. Um, you know, if, when, a, when, a, when a general manager puts a team together and, uh, they go out there and win a Super Bowl, then he wants a pat on the back as well. Um, he wants to be looked at as the guy that, that uh that was able to assemble this this uh this dynasty um 
But, you know, when you have a guy that wants to be a part of it, but also wants to feel appreciated financially, um, then you can't, you can't sit there and feel upset about that. Um, you can't have a guy that's, that's going to go out there and just work uh, for less than what he's worth. Um, Cause that is as a general manager, as a coach, um, as an owner, as a, uh, as a player personnel guy, you, you're not going to go out there and, and perform uh, for less than what, what you're worth e- either. So, um, a lot of people have to take every, all of those things into account. Um, and uh, hopefully Le'Veon just comes back with his, with his head on fire and has some success, um, stay injury-free, and uh, have some fun. Um, he's a great person, man. He's a great individual. Uh, he, he, really, he really does support his teammates. Um, he's been one of the best teammates I've had. Uh, yeah, everybody comes with their, with their flaws. Um, he's a guy that likes to be in the spotlight, which is great, as long as you make good decisions. Um, so people can't really uh, paint a bad picture on him uh, because he, he delivers on the field and uh, he also delivers off the field. He hasn't been in trouble in a very long time. And so uh, people should also uh, take that into account, um, growth and maturity. And I think he has both of those. Just thought I'd kind of ask you on that uh, topic a little bit, but let's go to move to this second big matchup of Sunday's slate of games. The Los Angeles Rams, who are 8-0, the only undefeated team in the NFL that remains, going on the road to face the New Orleans Saints, who are one lost team, and they are rolling as well. And maybe these two teams finish atop the NFC, and this game, the outcome could dictate which unit comes with the number one seed. So big implications here, Jarrell. The Saints coming off another win over Minnesota on the road. And as for the Rams, they hung on against Aaron Rodgers and those Green Bay Packers. They snuck out a a victory with Todd Gurley playing at a high level. So when you look at this matchup, who are you uh, leaning toward as far as as who's going to take the W? Ooh, man. Um... To be honest with you, I think uh, New Orleans gets it done at home. Uh, very tough place to play at. Uh, Drew Brees, uh, easily uh, one of the top three all time. Um, phenomenal quarterback. Uh, I think that he'll manage the game in a way to uh, to where they'll have more possessions than, uh, than the Rams. Um, if the Saints defense can stop L.A. from having the big plays, then I definitely think they'll win. Um, New Orleans is just a machine offensively. Uh, they come at you with various sets, various personnel groupings. Um, they have Mark Ingram back now, so uh, they can solidify their run game as well as uh, having Alvin Kamara out on the, on the edge, uh, um, mismatched up against linebackers. Uh, I just, I, I think that New Orleans gets it done at home. Uh, I think that the Rams, uh, have, they have a phenomenal team. Uh, I feel like they have uh, everything that you need at, at every level of football, um, offensive line, uh, defensive line, uh, cornerbacks, receivers, quarterback, linebackers, uh, they're phenomenal. Uh, and But I just feel like New Orleans gets it done. Um, I feel like the Hall of Famer pulls it out against a very tough defense. Uh, New Orleans is is top is, is usually top five or uh, usually about top five, top eight in the league as far as the uh, how fast the ball comes out of out of the quarterback's hands. So. Um, they rarely give up a lot of sacks. If uh, if they can do that and limit L.A. from getting back there, uh, then they'll have some success. Yeah, because because this is a Rams team, man, that many people are starting to call the Golden State Rams because they keep on compiling top talent. They acquired yeah. Dante Fowler, the edge rusher, yes. on Tuesday. And so now you pair him on a, on a defensive front that already has Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue. And so that is going to be a big factor and indicator on Sunday because Drew Brees, we saw it against Minnesota. You know, this Vikings defense, they're very good in their own right. And Drew Brees only threw for 120 yards last week in a victory. And I think that speaks to how much this Saints defense has progressed and has hunkered down a little bit after a slow start in the secondary and Sean Payton went out and acquired Eli Apple, the former first-round pick from the Giants, hoping yes. that he can come and solidify their 28th-ranked pass defense. I think it's going to be a, a fun matchup watching a player like Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods go up against Marshawn Lattimore, Eli Apple, and P.J. Williams because if the Saints can somehow 
limit this Rams passing attack and use their number one ranked rush defense, which not a lot of people know this of the Saints, but their rush defense is stout. They're top in the league, and they're getting a lot of good production from Sheldon Rankins, from Cam Jordan. And so I'm with you, man. I'm going to pick the Saints to win this game. I think it's going to be a tight one down the stretch, a high-scoring game. I'm giving it to them 37-33 to knock off the Rams and hand them their first loss of the season. I agree. I agree with that. Um, I agree with the score. I definitely feel like it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, I just, you know, New Orleans New Orleans is, is, is really good against the run, um, but I just don't – they don't really have enough pass rushers for me uh, as far as uh, – well, Cam Jordan is, is just a beast. And then Davenport's, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's phenomenal as well. But outside of those two guys, I don't see a lot of uh, pure pass rushers on that side of the ball. So if they can match protect and be able to stretch the field, then LA's going to be in the game. But I just don't think that uh, the Rams have enough to get it done in New Orleans uh, against a tough crowd in that dome. And Drew Brees is, is rolling. Um, I was able to be a part of, Going in there, first game on the road this year, um, it's a very tough place to play. And Drew Brees is, is automatic in there. So uh, they can get some turnovers like we did earlier in the year. Uh, we were able to, to get two. We were able to get three turnovers off of them. Um, a, a fumble, uh, two fumbles, a sack fumble, uh, interception. Um, being able to have those, those type of plays is, is what it takes to, to beat Drew Brees at home. I got to ask you, Jarrell, since you played with the Bucks, that's what you're talking about. What kind of back is Alvin Kamara? And this guy is a talented back. It looks like he's explosive. He's got lateral quickness. He's got uh, that burst up the field. How difficult is it to bring that guy down in the open field? Oh, man. I mean, what's crazy is when you look at him, he doesn't look that strong or that fast, but he's explosive. Very strong. Uh, every If you hit him, I mean, he literally bounces off tackles. Uh, it's very, it's very weird to watch him because he's not a big guy, but he's extremely strong. And, um, I mean, he's a, he's a game record. I mean, I've, I mean, normally you see guys have a few games where, uh, they have some success. Um, but I mean, he's been doing, doing it legitimately for a year and a half now and he continues to get better. Um, his moves in the open field, how he dictates tacklers. Uh, they're, I mean, they're really, it's really phenomenal to see, uh, if LA can tackle well, uh, in open space, uh, don't let Michael Thomas, uh, dominate the game because that's what a lot of people don't understand, man. He's such a phenomenal receiver, uh, doesn't get enough credit. Uh, he's arguably top five in the league. Uh, and he's, I mean, he's phenomenal, um, in my eyes. And so a lot of people, uh, don't understand how, how God given, how, how God given talented he is. So those two guys, man, they're game records. If, if they get going, then, I mean, L.A.'s in for a long night. Do you think Marcus Peters is going to be able to slow down Michael Thomas, or do you think Thomas is going to be a little bit too overbearing with that physicality of his to win his battles on the outside? Okay, so now I think this type of game plays into the hands of uh, Peters, a uh, physical game. Uh, Michael Thomas, is he's, he's going to run fast and stretch the field, but Peters is going to be able to run with him, try to stride. Uh, what hurts Peters, Marcus Peters, is those games where he tries to be physical but then gets beat um, off the line of scrimmage uh, where guys are faster than him. Uh, and so those are, the, those are the type of plays where you'll see him get beat over the top a lot. But as far as the uh, big physical games with the intermediate uh, routes, uh, the, the slants, the digs, uh, the comebacks, um, things where the, the routes where he has a chance to be physical, where there's contact being made, I definitely think that uh, – Marcus Peters to have a, a, a really good opportunity to uh, make some plays against Michael Thomas. Um, now, if we was going on the other end, if, if Brandon Cooks was still with New Orleans, then it would be a different story. But when there's when there's a big physical receiver, um, I think Marcus Peters will have opportunity. I picked the Saints. You picked the Saints. Did you have a score a prediction for this game? Um, I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Um, I expect the Saints to win late, uh, 34-31. All right, so we'll go ahead and move on to this final uh, matchup we're going to go in depth on, and we'll give a quick rundown of the rest of the games before we get out of this episode. But this is the one that everybody is talking about. It's been the talk of all the NFL Network shows, ESPN, 
Aaron Rodgers against Tom Brady on Sunday night primetime. The Green Bay Packers 3-3-1 who are desperately seeking to get a victory going on the road to Gillette to take on the New England Patriots. This is a big game obviously because you're seeing all these types of conversations and a lot of arguments as to which quarterback they'd rather have between Rodgers and Brady. When it comes to the all-time series, it's tied at 5-5 apiece. The last time these two teams met was back in 2014 when the Packers won this one. So Jarrell, looking at this matchup, both of these quarterbacks, excellent players in their own right. What are you looking to watch in this one? Man, uh, I'm really excited to watch this one. Uh, you know, the, the greatness of both quarterbacks, uh, the different styles in which they play with. Um, I, I really hope everybody has the opportunity to, to, to dial in and, and dissect both quarterbacks tonight. Um, looking at Aaron Rodgers and, the, and just the pure ability to put the ball wherever he wants to, the athletic ability to throw the football and, and to be able to, uh, to uh, move around safeties uh, the way he wants and, and just move the ball gracefully. Um, it's, like, it's, really, it's really magical to see because it's just a flick of the wrist and the way he plays the quarterback position is just unreal. Um, and then you have Tom, on the other hand, with all the, all the success he's had um, and just always being able to make the right play. Um, you know, a lot of people don't understand that, you know, Tom is it may not be as gifted athletically as Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, he's always, you know, three to four plays ahead of, of, of what, you know, guys are doing out there on the field. And, and it's always just crazy to see. And so uh, A-Rod and Tom, uh, they'll, ha- they'll both have their opportunities to be successful tonight. Um, I don't like Green Bay trading away, haha. Uh, especially before a game like this. Yeah. Um, and it, being it, being that that's your top your top defensive back. Um, but I know Tremont Williams is going to step in there and be phenomenal. Um, don't be surprised if you see him uh, pick off Tom Brady today, um, just with the experience uh, that he has uh, going against great quarterbacks like that, and uh, being able to uh, play safety instead of corner to have his eyes more on uh, what Tom is doing. And so don't be surprised if he has some success out there tonight um, uh, with the position change. And so if, if, uh, if New England can stay ahead of the sticks, then I, I, I predict New England will win today. It is just, it's just a tough situation going into Foxborough and uh, playing, uh, playing on the road there. But, but if, if Aaron Rodgers can and can go out there and, and, and rip off, uh, if he can score at least 21 to 24 points, I, I like them to be successful out there. Uh, I like them to be successful and win. And here's one thing that I'll be monitoring for sure is Green Bay. They traded HaHa Clint Dix, but boy, do they have a talented corner in Jair Alexander, the rookie, who's been yes. playing very well. And then they got Jackson on the other end who's also been really solid in his own right. And they're both rookies. And I know Tom Brady, this guy's been around for a long time. And he has a a previous track record of picking on rookie corners consistently. But this guy, Alexander, I think, is another breed just because he exudes so much confidence. He basically took Brandon Cooks out of last week's game, shutting him down, playing some tight coverage. And now with New England's offensive uh, firepower they possess, they got Josh Gordon now, Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan, Rob Gronkowski, who's been a little bit uh, silent this season from what we're used to seeing, but he's still a threat. I'm going to see how these wideouts are able to create some separation from these young corners. And if they can, Tom Brady... It certainly bodes well for his chances to have another big day through the air against the young Packers secondary that will be playing with Tremont Williams, as you just talked about at safety without Clinton Dix there. Yeah, man, I think uh, it'll be a it'll be a change for them. But, you know, when you're rookies, man, um, you don't know any better, you know. So going into a game like that, like they don't they don't know about Tom and everything like that. So, I mean, they don't have nothing to lose. I mean, I think. uh if they can have some success and, and you know, uh, stop Edelman and get in his face and, and don't allow him to run all the, the, the crisp inside routes and keep the chains at a manageable uh, position, um, when he runs that inside route and then breaks outside, he runs like he's he's cutting inside and then he, he turns and wheels out towards the sideline. Um, 
you know, those are the, those are the plays that you have to stop in order to to uh, limit them um, into getting into third and manageable and second and manageable. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, with New England, everything's schematic. Um, everything is planned out. The, 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 the play calling and everything like that is two to three plays ahead. Um, every, and, and their first quarter at least is scripted. And so um, they'll have some success, um, you know, because of the new positions that everybody will be in. But if, uh, if New England gets a few – not New England, but if Green Bay gets a few hits on them, um, Clay – uh, Mike Daniels, uh, Kenny Clark, if those guys can 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 move that pocket around to where uh, Brady is is feeling a little you know under duress, then it'll be a it'll be a much closer game than what you think. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to go down there, he's going to score when they need to. Um, the rest of the pieces, uh, special teams defensively, has to play along with him. Uh, you have to be able to 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 give Aaron Rodgers more possessions than Tom Brady. And that's really that's really what it comes down to. Um, either one of those quarterbacks with the ball in their hands at the end of the game are, are going to make the plays because, I mean, they're just God given. I mean, they're just God talented. And it's 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 ridiculous how they uh, manipulate defenses. And so uh, bottom line is Aaron Rodgers has to have more possessions than 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 uh, Tom Brady and vice versa. Um, whoever has the ball at the end of the game late. That's the team that's going to be successful. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a pretty good way of putting it. And when it comes to that, I'm going to pick the Patriots to win 30 to 27. One uh, player that isn't talked a whole lot about because he's just starting to to find his rhythm. The first round running back, Sony Michelle, out of Georgia. Mm. He was out last weekend. He should be returning this week with a knee injury. And this guy can flat out run the ball. I like New England's chances, the balance they use with him and James White. I think that's going to be the difference in this game where Tom Brady will be able to get the ball out quick. He'll be able to move the ball down the field. And I'm calling a game-winning field goal from Steven Gostakowski to win this game for the Patriots 30-27. to over Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. What, what, what about yourself, Jarrell? You got thirty. You got thirty to twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, well, to be honest with you, man, I, uh, I actually, I actually, I like, I like Green Bay to go in there and win, man. I like, uh, I like a position that, that Aaron Rodgers is in. Uh, I like the the ability for them to. For him to be able to do what he does, um, to be honest with you, I look for a player like Geronimo Allison to have a great game. Um, you know, obviously there's there's the familiar faces and Randall Cobb, uh, uh, Devontae Adams. I mean, I think they're going to be able to have their opportunities. Um, but they're not going to forget about guys like Geronimo Allison uh, and the rest of the receiving core. And so uh, Aquanimous Brown and, and, and the rest of those guys. So as long as they have opportunity to go out there and, and make some plays um, with the unfamiliar faces, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to go in there and get it done 24-21. Um, to 21. Uh, I like that score uh, just because uh, I like Mason Crosby to be able to kick in that in that type of atmosphere, um, and I don't expect him to miss any. I don't expect him to be missing five kicks anymore. Um, he's a veteran. Uh, he's a guy that uh, that's been proven, that's won a championship in this league. Um, they count on him, and uh, they trust him. Um, so I believe that that they go in there and uh, that they go in there and win 24-21. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers th- throws three touchdown passes, uh, and uh, I think Jimmy Graham. I think Jimmy Graham gets two of them. Ooh, bold, bold man! I'm liking it. Yeah, I'm liking I like this. It. I'm liking I like this. Jimmy, I like Jimmy Graham to get two of them. Um, every time Aaron Rodgers has had a, a dynamic tight end, they've been successful offensively. So I, uh, I like him. I like him to to win big in this in this opportunity in this game. Well, I got to tell you what, Drew, one thing's for sure, man. I'm going to be dinging your phone during this game be like, because if all this stuff is happening the way you're saying, I'm going to have to give you some credit, man, because I really am torn between both these teams. But I'm taking the paths just because of the home environment. But nonetheless, bro, I think this is going to be a great game. Looking forward to it. Two top signal callers going head to head. And yeah. uh, certainly is going to be a great one to watch on Sunday evening. I mean, it's, it's just going to be phenomenal. I mean, you have... You know, both quarterbacks are almost at 2,300 yards passing, but 
Um, if you look at the touchdown to interception ratio, uh, it's, it definitely stands out. And, and uh, Aaron Rodgers with 13 touchdowns and one interception is, is phenomenal. And uh, I expect him to uh, have some success Sunday night and go out there and, and, and continue that hot streak, man. Um, it's, he, uh, he has the best uh, career, to touch, career touchdown to interception ratio of all time. And so as long as he can continue to do that at the three to one ratio, uh, four to one ratio, man, I mean, I don't I don't see them losing um, even with it as good as New England's been playing the last three weeks. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and now move to the rest of the games here. We'll give a just quick score prediction and we'll be done with today's episode. Week nine, no week nine buys for you. The Cardinals are not playing. The Bengals, Colts, Jaguars, Giants, and Eagles are off. And so the first uh, matchup here, Chicago at Buffalo. So your former team talked about the yeah. Buffalo Bills a little bit. Looks like Nathan Peterman's going to start because Derek Anderson's in concussion Ooh. protocol. So uh, who do you got winning this one? Man, um, I always would love to go with my Bills. Um, I think their defense has been playing great, uh, keeping those guys in the game, uh, being able to uh, create some opportunities for uh, for the Buffalo Bills offensively. Um, but I, I, I have Chicago winning this one. Um, I have them winning this one in a close game, actually, um, 17-13. Uh, I think that their defense uh, will outplay Buffalo's defense and create uh, some turnovers um, off of Peterman. But I do think the Bills will be able to get some things done offensively with uh, LaShawn McCoy. He's been frustrated over the last couple weeks uh, with their performance and well as his productivity. productivity. So um, I look for them to get him the football and uh, for him to have a great day. Yeah, I got the Bears winning this one 20-13, so very close to your mark. The Buffalo Bills, man, their fourth-ranked uh, defense in the NFL. They're very good, especially yes. against the pass for Davius White. That guy's a phenomenal corner. But I just think the Bears will be able to get a little bit more out of that offense. Trubisky's been playing a little better. Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen. I give them a, a tight victory on the road. Now the next game here, Tampa Bay at Carolina. Now Tampa also one of your former teams. They'll take the yes. road. Ryan Fitzpatrick is now the starting quarterback again. Who are you taking in this one? Um, I actually like Tampa Bay on the road, man. I think uh, their defense is going to travel. Um, I think that they, uh, with the changes they've had um, in personnel, um, with the play calling position, I think that they're going to be uh, enthused. Uh, they went into Cincinnati last week. And uh, they lost right at the end of the game um, after battling back, uh, being able to, to, to create a, a better game and, uh, and kind of just lose at the end there. Uh, I do expect them to be able to go into Carolina, uh, keep, uh, keep Cam Newton in front of them, and uh, to be able to create some turnovers. Um, I look for uh, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul to, to have a great game. Um, he's been killing it so far this season. Um, I look for uh, Jared McCoy to get another sack. Um, as well as Vinnie Curry getting on track. Um, you know, I, I, I know Carolina's going to want to come in and try to run the football, but then when it comes late in the game, they're going to put in, they're going to put it in the hands of Cam Newton. Uh, offensively for Tampa Bay, if they can continue to limit their turnovers, uh, I mean, they've, they've had opportunities to win every game. Uh, it's just been the heavy amount of turnovers that's been uh, the killer for them um, offensively. Um, they put up big numbers uh, and, they, and they score a lot of points, but they have to limit their turnovers. Um, that, that's either between Fitzpatrick and that's uh, or, or Winston. Either one of them, have, they have to limit the turnovers. So, I actually, I actually like I actually like Tampa Bay. Um, I like them in a close one. Uh, I like them in a fourteen to ten game. Uh, I, I think that they're going to be able to have some success out there, uh, but it's, they're going to they're going to be able to have to to create uh, some turnovers off of Cam Newton. All right, and I'm going to go ahead and pick the Panthers to win this one, but in, in a tight one, 31-24. I think this is a high-scoring game. I know both secondaries have had their struggles this season. I just like the way Carolina's playing. They're coming off a huge win over Baltimore and what was a blowout. I think they're rolling and, and headed in the right direction. Norv Turner, the offensive coordinator there, has all this uh, these offensive weapons, Curtis Samuel, McCaffrey, DJ Moore, the rookie. I think these guys are dynamic, and I think they'll be able to get it done in a tight one against their division rival. Now the next game, Kansas City at Cleveland. We saw Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley fired on Monday. 
Now they got Greg Williams, who's at the interim head coach. They're at home against Patrick Mahomes. Is there any upset brewing, or do you think Kansas City gets the job done? No, I don't, no, no. There's nobody, nobody about to knock off Kansas City and what they've been doing uh, lately. Uh, unless, I mean, unless there's a bounty out for Mahomes, <laughs> that's not all you get. I mean, just, I mean, just seriously. Uh, Kansas City's been been operating at such a high level offensively. They've got so many different weapons. Um, it's just really crazy to see how how well that they that well that they operate offensively. And uh, Kansas City defense, um, they will begin Eric Berry back soon. Um, being able to have opportunity to go out there and play with one of their leaders is going to be great. Uh, and their defense has been picking it up great, uh, picking it up along um, too. Uh, Chris Jones in the middle. Uh, D Ford on the outside. Uh, Houston's going to be uh, doing his thing. Uh, to be honest with you, it would be great to see them sign back. Uh, to be said, sign back Derek Johnson uh, to get back into to Kansas City. It would be great to see them uh, pick him up because uh, I definitely feel like they can lead, use his leadership. But I have Kansas City winning 31 17. Here's my upset special, Jarrell. I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb here. This may look like a stupid pick, and you know what? I'll live with that. But Cleveland, I think there's something brewing there. I think they pull it out. This defense from Cleveland has been really good this season. I don't think a lot of people give them the credit. Miles Garrett, the dude's a monster. Then Denzel Ward, the rookie corner who's been playing really well. I just feel like Mayfield will be able to work some magic. Him and Mahomes are familiar Big 12 opponents, Texas Tech and Oklahoma. I think Cleveland pulls this one out 30-27. That's just my upset pick. We'll see what happens. I know Kansas City, those guys are playing phenomenal football right now. But I'll just go ahead and give a little upset special right there. Um, and so we'll move into the final next games. New York Jets at Miami Dolphins. I have the Jets winning this one 20-16 over Brock Osweiler, who will be starting again. How about yourself? Uh, divisional game um, in Miami. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm going to take Brock this week, man. I think... Uh, you know, they've been hit with some injuries um, at the receiver position. Some things have, have been a little uh, shaky and things like that. But I like Frank Gore. Um, I like their defense, Cameron Waite, uh, and those guys over there, Andre Branch and those guys. Um, I think Brock Osweiler gets it done this week. Um, I like them 21-17. Uh, I think they get a special teams touchdown uh, that allows them to win 21-17. All right. Next matchup, Detroit at Minnesota. The Vikings coming off that disappointing loss. Another divisional game against Matthew Stafford. I'm taking the Vikings here, 34-21. I think they get back on track. Thielen continues that hot streak, gets over 100 yards receiving. So I think the Vikes get it done. This defense, Everson Griffin, who do you got in this game? Um, I definitely take Minnesota. Um, I got my guy Kirk Cousins having a big game. Um, I don't think that they'll be uh, – I don't think they'll have a lot of success offensively running the football, but I do think Kirk to throw for over 300 yards today. Uh, Thielen, um, I think he continues his streak. And uh, I, I have to be honest with you, I have the Vikings winning big in a division game. Um, I have them winning by 17, 34-17. Um, just because of the simple fact, I think Matthew Stafford will become one-dimensional. Uh, one that defense and Everson Griffin is uh, going to start picking some things up here soon. And uh, I look for them to have some success. All right, Atlanta at Washington. The Redskins going all in, getting Clinton Dix to add to a, uh, an already impressive defense that's basically an Alabama factory, man. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Now Clinton Dix, they're at home against Atlanta. Atlanta's dealt with a lot of injuries, especially on defense, but Matt Ryan's playing very, very well this year. Julio Jones, they still have Sanu, Calvin Ridley. Is there a chance that Atlanta can pull one out on the road, or you think this Redskins team is gonna be a little bit too overwhelming at home? That's what's crazy. I actually have Atlanta beating the Redskins. Um, I have them beating them late. Uh, in a, in a 20 to 17 matchup, uh, I know Matt Bryan is not back this week, but I have the the backup kicker winning 2017. Um, I think uh, Matt Ryan is going to be doing great against that fire zone defense and uh, Washington out there. 
Um, I think the communication factor will be a little bit uh, skewed when it comes to the defensive backs back there. So I look for Julio to get his first touchdown this week. Um, and I look for him to score on Josh Norman, as a matter of fact. But I, uh, but I, I definitely think Atlanta's going to go in there and win uh, 2017. Um, and I think they get back on track. I got the Redskins winning this one 26-17 over the Falcons. I want to pick the Falcons. This is a game that was kind of torn. But I just feel like this Redskins defense combined with Adrian Peterson's high level of play, I think they'll be able to control the clock, keep Matt Ryan on the sideline. Now two more matchups, Houston at Denver. Now this is going to be Demarius Thomas's homecoming who just got traded to the mm-hmm. Texans. He'll go right back to Denver and mile high. This one should be a really good game. Who do you have winning in this matchup? Oh, I've got, I've definitely got Houston. Uh, I think the Broncos will keep it close, uh, but I definitely have Houston winning. I think their defense is great. Uh, I think they'll be able to force some turnovers off of Case Keenum. I see him throwing at least two interceptions and or uh, one interception and a, and a, and a sack strip fumble. Uh, I just think that their defense is, is moving at a pace that's really great for, uh, for their team offensively. Uh, Demarius Thomas is going to be able to, to have a good game. Everybody's going to you know keep their eyes on him. Uh, but the real key matchup is obviously uh, DeAndre Hopkins on the outside and what he's able to do against their defensive backs. And I just don't see nobody uh, being able to stop uh, either one of those guys when they're one-on-one. So, um, you know, you can keep your eyes on Demaris all you want, uh, but DeAndre Hopkins is the guy that's going to make them uh, to make them go on Sunday. Um, I, ha- I have the Texans winning, winning uh, 28-14 um, out in uh, Mile High. It's going to be a snowy game. It's snowing. It's crazy out there. But um, I just think that they're going to be too powerful uh, for Denver. I'm right there with you. I have the Texans continuing their hot streak, getting that sixth straight win ahead of their bye week, beating the Broncos 24-20. But yes, I am definitely looking forward to seeing that DeAndre Hopkins-Chris Harris matchup. That'll be something fun. And the final game here, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Seattle Seahawks. They've really been the surprise team this season, and they'll host a very good Chargers team coming off their bye week. I have the Seahawks winning this one at home, 27-23. This run game with Chris Carson is finally rolling, and Russell Wilson, the guy, is just incredible with what he can do in and outside of the pocket. I think he's the difference maker, so I'll give Seattle the victory. How about yourself? Uh, Me personally, um, I'm going to take us, not San Diego, I'm going to take the L.A. Chargers. Uh, I think, uh, you know, What's always hurt them in the past is uh, they always get rolling around this time frame now, but they've always started off in a, in a two and five fashion or two and four, uh, a three and six type of ordeal where they have to dig themselves out of a hole. Um, with them getting out to a great start at five and two, um, I honestly think that Phillip Rivers is going to start to establish himself as being one of the MVP candidates of this season. Um, he's been playing phenomenally. Uh, I think he, I think he's definitely happy having uh, Antonio Gates back in the locker room and things like that. So um, I actually look for them to go into Seattle and uh, and get a good win. It's going to be a tough one, um, but I, I, I see them winning 21-17 on the road. Um, I think Melvin Gordon's going to have a great game, and uh, I don't, I, I think uh, Allen's going to have a great game on the outside offensively. That's going to do it for today's episode. So, Jarrell, I appreciate you, man, taking the time to join the Chase Podcast. I'm looking forward to watching some good games come Sunday. And I wish you the best as you continue to work out and stay in shape. And I hope the right opportunity comes knocking on the door for you soon, bro. Oh, yeah, absolutely. God will. All right, man. Well, take care. Enjoy it with your family. And hopefully your Michigan State Spartans can get a win on Saturday. Oh, yeah, man. We got to get back on track, man. Uh- I had to get upset at all my Michigan fans. You know, I haven't admitted defeat uh, to them in a, long, in a little while now. So it was a, it was a tough uh, pill for me to swallow this past week. But we'll get back on track uh, this week uh, with Maryland. Then uh, we'll take it on to Ohio State and uh, finish out the season strong. All right, man, that sounds good. We'll be in contact. Hopefully get you on again sometime in the future. God bless, man. Man, I appreciate the opportunity again, always. Take it easy. All right, too.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.